0: My name is Charlie Day, and I feel euphoric about being Conan O'Brien's very best friend in the entire universe.
1: Well, wait a minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends.
3: Living,
1: we are gonna be friends. Hello, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. We have got a fine podcast for you today. I never promise anything I can't deliver. Uh-oh. That's actually not true. I'm actually known for promising a lot and delivering very little. But I sit here with my companions, my chums, my pals, Sonam mm-hmm. of Hello, Sonam. Yes, Sona. hello. hello. And uh, Matt Gorley. Now, Matt, I'm told that you're a little loopy today because you're on some kind of powerful medication. What's going on? I mean, look at him. Uh, <laughs> you're, you've got a very different posture than normal What's ha- seriously what's happening what's
2: up groove bones
1: <laughs> yes groove bones groove the name bone. I've always wished I had
2: uh, well I found out I have tennis elbow and so they put me on some I- anti-inflammatories that making me feel pretty good okay can
1: you tell me exactly what the medication is
2: Indomethacin. does that sound familiar well,
1: that was outlawed years ago <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey That's, you're funny
1: yeah <laughs>
4: What's tennis elbow? Well, and I, I'm sure everybody knows what it is. I I, just,
2: I didn't know. I mean, I've heard it, but it's just. I think it's an inf- inflammation of the tendons in your elbow.
1: Right. Uh, and do you play tennis? No. When, why would you call it tennis elbow? Okay. What have, you been, what have you been
2: doing? What do you want me to call it? Collecting old typewriters elbow. Yes. We should. <laughs>
1: what did, do you have? You uh, been overusing that arm?
2: I cleared everything out of our garage. By myself, box after box. And Wife I... threw you out, huh? Yeah, again. <laughs> That's what it... Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, uh, okay. Well, so you're on these powerful anti-inflammatories. What are these side effects? Do you feel... Drowsiness. Drowsiness. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I do. You do what? <laughs> feel, feel that. <laughs>
1: okay. Are you going to be able to drive
2: home? No. Okay. Okay. Well, give it a shot. Could one of you guys <laughs> give me a ride? We
1: could easily call you an Uber, but... Part of me thinks we need things to talk about on the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you drive
1: home in this condition and just see what happens? Uh. Um, the loopiest I've been, have I told you this? Like I, I, I may have mentioned this, but the first time that I uh, had a procedure and they gave me a twilight drug. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. You
2: mentioned that a few times.
1: Yeah. Okay. But did I tell you how um, my wife had to come pick me up? She had to walk me home and I just was a child. I was a child, I was on this twilight drug, and this was in New York. And so we had to walk like 15 blocks and she was like holding my hand and leading me back to the apartment. That's cute. Like I was a baby. And then I just looked at her at one point and I said, I wanna go to McDonald's, (gasps) like a kid would. And so she took me to McDonald's and I was as happy as I've been in my adult life.
2: I would love to go to McDonald's. Yeah,
1: because there's something about, it was so primal. I just wanted comfort food and I went back to my childhood. Love my wife. She did a nice thing. She took me to McDonald's and she oh. said, "Sit here and don't move." Oh. I remember that. <laughs> don't move. She put and you I was in like, a booster oh, okay. seat. And I swear to God, she put like you know, like a Burger King crown on me or something. <laughs> did
4: she get you a Happy Meal?
1: I don't think she got me a Happy Meal. I think she got me a quarter pounder. And,
4: oh.
2: But she got me a shake. You dip your chicken McNugs in your shake. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> As, yeah, <laughs> you're did, a freak. Did you put your balls in the shake? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I did that. (laughs) Just be clear, is all I'm asking you. Is
4: that a thing people do? Oh, yeah. The nuts in the shake?
1: Yeah, we all dip. Oh, I thought you meant do we dip our balls in the shake? Yeah. I know that's a common thing, it's called teabagging. Yeah. Teabagging grimace, um, <laughs> it's called.
2: The ultimate teabag himself.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is grimace still used? Do they still have the characters that we grew up watching I don't on think McDonald's? So. Like Hamburglar, they're all gone. Yeah, right?
2: I remember there were some that actually went away early on because there's Mayor McCheese and there's the Police Burger guy,
1: right? Well, well, but they got rid of them. I love those yeah, characters.
2: Yeah, and the Fry Guys.
1: And but I know Ronald's gone. But they got rid of everybody. Ronald's
4: gone. Ronald's not gone. He's in well. Jail? You don't see
1: him. No, you don't see him in uh, commercials anymore. Yeah.
2: Why? don't When I, was the last uh, time you saw Ronald McDonald in a commercial? A good question. I don't know. I saw know. him at Costco the other day. Okay. Well. Oh. Hey man, when you when you're not as inflamed, hey, man. Hey
1: man. <laughs> hey, thanks for being here, Chong. <laughs> truth. Nice sir. to have you. Truth. Sir, we have ask me ask anything. Ask I'll him. tell you the truth. I'm <laughs> yeah. happy to tell you. You know, this is just an anti-inflammatory. It, you're not on LSD. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're, this is just I'm such a lightweight. You're such a lightweight. It's incredible. This is taking me back to when we did the summer s'mores and you had a little bit of a drink and started trying to kiss me on my left nipple. Like, you, you literally had the equivalent of a rum flavored cough drop, and now you've got your hand on my upper thigh. Uh, yeah. joe who works here at the show and uh is working in this very room yeah. often joe today asked me seriously she said are you on adderall because she, she's so cool and she said <laughs> yes, to she me, is. <laughs> she said and she wasn't joking she said are you on adderall and i said no and she said okay so what is it and i said no this is because she was talking about how energetic and talkative i am yeah and i said this is just who i am and she went okay okay She asked if I was on Adderall. She said, oh, I want to try and be a little more like you. And I said, because Joe is so cool. She is cool. She is so cool and laid back and kind of effortlessly like, when you're like that, everyone thinks you're the coolest person in the room. I said, Joe, you don't want to be like me. I want to be like you. Mm -hmm. And I can't. But she asked me if I was on Adderall.
4: I was shocked when I found out your comedy comes from a a sober place. <laughs> I thought, I thought like your writers' room was just like you guys are all lighting up joints, and you're no, just like you know, you're we pretty straight. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's coming from a, a real sober place. Well, <laughs> not a healthy place, but
1: a sober place. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But
4: you make perfect. You make perfect. Uh, oh, I'm okay. sorry.
1: Um, I think. Yeah, I think Matt just fell asleep. How he long, did not. You're did fine.
2: How long what? we've been going? Well, we've been going a little
1: while. What, what been are we? been a long. At? But anyway, I think we uh, realized um, an important thing. Yeah. Which is uh, we all love different kinds of fast food. I'll go with Wendy's. And that you are a lightweight and that you're minutes from your heart stopping. <laughs> you need to get... You, I mean, you are really looping out right did now. You just,
4: did you just snort out stuff? Yeah from your face you made me snot
1: (laughs) I made you snot no how how long I didn't know you manufactured the mucus and maybe I said something that made you expel it from your nose but I didn't make you snot you you addict
4: how long does tennis elbow last (laughs) I hope a long time God, this is a different man <laughs> I don't know about. I'm this enjoying guy. it. Well, I want.
1: I want me some of this stuff. Oh, I'm gonna you. go to my doctor tonight and say I've got tennis elbow. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go out and buy a brand new tennis racket. It's gonna still have the price tag on it, and I'll go in and I go. I've got tennis elbow. I need the anti-inflammatory. Oh, doc. Hello. And he'll say, "Why are you holding that racket? It hasn't even been taken out of the packaging yet." <laughs> I was on the court. I already uh, had a good game. Uh, We got to talk. We got to talk to a guest, you know? And not got to, get to. Because I love this guy. My guest today, talented actor and writer. You better wait. Have a cup of coffee or something there, Gorley. You're going to snap out of this, okay?
2: Okay, Okay, buddy.
1: (laughs) My guest today is... Very talented actor and writer, best known for playing Charlie Kelly on the long-running FX series It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Sona, you have built shrines to this show. I
4: absolutely love this yeah, show so much. as many much. people do.
1: He now has a new movie, which is which he wrote, directed, and stars in called Fool's Paradise in theaters May 12th. I'm excited he's here with us. Charlie Day, welcome. I'm delighted you're here. I'm uh, thrilled to be Charlie, here. Charlie, uh, someone just reminded me that you did the late night show a bunch of times or some incarnation of one of the shows, but I think nine times. Yeah. Which I say is too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that but shows you, a neediness on your but part. But you kept
0: having me in, <laughs> and, uh, which I appreciated. Yeah. Uh, to get to, I know we were, we're ready for the jokes. We want to get into it. Full seriousness, uh, my absolute favorite talk show ever to be on. I think you were the first one. Well, if it wasn't the first one I did, it was the first one that I felt like I did correctly. Oh, oh (laughs) Um, wow. Because, uh, in, my mind, you were you are my Johnny Carson. You were oh, that's the sweet. Top Thank of you. the mountaintop. And now that you've quit, I resent you. <laughs> and I'm I'm forced to do every, all the other people, all the, all the lesser than.
1: Oh, well, that's very sweet of you to yeah. say. Um, I think we have a bunch of things in common, which is it's so funny because my introduction to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was uh, Sona, my erstwhile assistant, coming in and screaming at me did you see It's Always Sunny last night? And I say, no, I, I didn't see it last night. You know, I didn't see. And um her just, her whole, you know, what I used to do at the late night show was make sure the way Stalin did that there were images of me everywhere. Yeah. Just, yes. you know, magazine covers and everything was Conan. And then you'd get to Sona's part of the office and it was all It's Always Sunny. Yeah. And, uh, just pretty much that whole area. It
4: was a lot of pictures. They're just fun pictures, like promo pictures and stuff. But yeah, you're making me sound Kind of crazy, but it's no. But true. you also
1: you have great comedic taste, I in do. my opinion. I and, think I do. Uh, you were mm-hmm. right about and, and I always I always felt you you guys collectively guys gal that that you have this I don't know similar philosophy about making people laugh that made me very happy, which was just this things could get very anarchic and crazy, but the show never really took itself very seriously and still Mm -hmm. hasn't. And, and there was just a pure raw, we're going to have fun Mm -hmm. and, um, and make fools of ourselves if need be.
0: I think we're in the business, uh, the very serious business of how ridiculous can we be? Yeah. Which isn't as easy as just saying, okay, let's go goof off. Like we'll put an extraordinary amount of work and thought and conversation into the most ridiculous
1: thing. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: but the passion and care is there. Also, uh, we may have learned a lot of this from you. You may be partly responsible. <laughs> well,
1: know. that's the point I'm getting to. <laughs> I think there's a cut of the of the royalties that uh-huh. I would have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, talk I, to Robin Glenn, because I think they'll... <laughs> I'm sure I'll get yeah, very um, far. It's a funny dichotomy that I talk to people about, which is I'm um, two things: very silly, and I love abstract. Uh, foolishness taken to its extreme. And I'm also deadly, deadly serious about it. And (laughs) you understand that the two things coexist because I think there are a lot of people who think, uh, oh, the Always Sunny guys, if you, you know, if you hung out in their writer's room or if you hung out with them, it's just clowning all the time. And I know for a fact that no, there are probably very, very heated arguments. (laughs) Yeah about how the really stupid thing should happen.
0: We we got in one this year, 16 years into doing the show, and a a good sort of heated debate about this is the way to do it and this is the way to do it. We do it every single, it's exhausting. (laughs) It's exhausting, but it's all that sort of arguing and planning so that you can have that, you know, 15 minutes of just raw, funny, which is like, are we all agree that this is the best scenario for something to be funny and now just let it rip. Because we feel sort of safe, like we've built up the work around it, and here's a playground. With which to destroy sandcastles. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, we have um, going back. We have a bunch of things in common. You grew up in Rhode Island. I did, and I kind of grew up in Rhode Island because explain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, one foot in Rhode Island. (laughs) I used to drive there every night and spend an hour (laughs) on a dock with a seagull. (laughs) Yeah, and a a fisherman (laughs) from childhood. Every day it was an important. My dad insisted. No, my my uh, yeah. I'm from uh, from. from Massachusetts, from Brookline, right outside Boston. And then we didn't have a summer house growing up, and we would go and stay at my grandfather's house, which was in Missquamacut, Rhode Island, right next to the state beach. Sure. So we were, uh, you know, he was a retired policeman. We would hang out at his house and then walk down to the state beach. I would hang around Rhode Island. And sometimes we would hang around there for a month to two months in the summer. Okay. And so uh, I got a really good dose of the Rhode Island vibe. And uh, I have to say, I mean, it's funny because it's a very strong accent. Yeah. People complain about the Boston accent, the Rhode Island accent,
0: you start to tip into New York and Rhode Island where it yeah. kind of mashes the two.
1: Yeah, and my favorite is I once stopped in Cranston, Rhode sure. Island. Cranston, yeah. Cranston, and I got out of my uh, car to fill up my tank of gas and I had my hat on just to try and like, ah, I just wanna, this is you know years and years into the late night show. I'm just gonna fill up with gas and this woman like in an acid wash jacket got out of her Jeep and she walked up to me and she was giving me the look like, you can't hide from me and she went, I sported yeah. I sported yeah. <laughs> you're trying
0: to hide.
1: <laughs> you
0: think you're a big shot now, huh? Yeah. yeah. And
1: <laughs> I thought, man, that's Cranston, Rhode Island. Yeah, Cranston especially
0: is pretty thick. I would get a lot of, I'd go home and I'd get a lot of that. One of my friend's uh, fathers, he's a, uh, he's a carpenter in mm-hmm. Rhode Island. Uh, Portuguese, Rhode mm-hmm. Island, mm-hmm. tough as nails. And uh, I'd start coming home and he'd say, oh, what's up, Kevin? And I started thinking, oh no, he's starting to. Is Peach starting to, his nickname was Peach. Is Peach starting to lose it a little bit? And then I realized he was calling me Kevin because he started calling me, ah, here comes Costner.
1: So, so. uh, So. uh, Just because you had had success? Yes. You are now Kevin Costner? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) An actor to him is only Kevin Costner. Actors and acting stocks. That's at, hilarious. At about, yeah. ah,
1: here comes Costner.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, Here comes Costner. Like, should I wash my cough for him or whatever? But yeah, so Kevin Costner is where actors begin and That's end. That's
1: hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if something's good, he has a language of his own. <laughs> this guy's language is also, if something's good, it's clean. So he was like, uh, you know, right now he'd probably, if I saw him, he'd be like, I heard that uh, Super Mario Brothers is pretty big. That's clean, brother. Clean. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, clean is good. Clean yeah. is positive. And, uh, you know, if it came out and tanked, you'd be like, "Yeah, I saw your movie. Suspect. <laughs> clean and suspect.
1: Clean and suspect, the are they two... That's the only two words you really need. Yeah. Those are
2: both, like, criminal terms. Though, yeah, I know, right? I love that. He's clean, it's he's like got a, no... Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, he's, he's a suspect, suspect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that
0: sums up Rhode Island for you. <laughs> yeah.
1: That is hilarious. Yeah. I was in Westerly. You know, do you know the town of Westerly at all? And I was in Westerly, Rhode Island, and this is about, I don't know, like eight years ago and I was with my mom and my brother Neil, and we were in this restaurant. It was a Portuguese kind of Italian restaurant. And we're in there and we're having our meal and the waitress recognized me and I could see her looking at me and then she she went out back and I guess made a phone call and then she came out in this very thick accent that I can't really do. But she was like, I talked to the manager and He's here's the deal. If you would come back and and uh, do two days of like uh, signing autographs, and we could t- we could uh, we could publicize it, you know, Conan Conan O'Brien's gonna be here, and he's gonna do two days, and he's gonna sign autographs, and you greet everyone at their table. If you could do that for two days, dinner's on us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so how'd it go? <laughs> for real? <laughs> that was yes!
1: dinner's on us. Oh, <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, I so want to call my representation in Los Angeles (laughs) and get them involved. And you know, they'll be saying things like, well, wait a minute, no, uh, you're gonna send a plane, right? No, no no, no, fucking plane, (laughs) but dinners included.
2: How much Parmesan?
1: Yeah, yeah, how much Parmesan? Yeah, and you know that, and and I know that these people would win, these people would defeat my representation.
0: A $12 bowl of clam (laughs) chowder. Is on us, we just want two entire days of your time,
1: yeah. <laughs> two days, it was two days, which I thought was really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, really, yeah, two yeah, days, yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: got a two, 2 days for one meal. It's a yeah. Unreal. Also,
1: I know that some people would come the first day and then no one would come the second uh, day yeah. in yeah. West, Like, you know, you'd pretty much meet everyone that would want to say hi to me in one and, day. And do
2: you get yeah, a free meal a each day, or is it just one for the they two? They said days?
1: dinner's on us, they said singular, singular dinner, wow. yeah. So, I don't think I get a dinner the first night, but I do get it the second <sighs> night, wow, or maybe I get it the second night and not the wow. I mean the first night but not the second night who knows
0: that's a real win-win for them you know uh all the publicity done it. and I screwed up that's suspect a, you should have
1: done it so you grew up there <laughs> suspect and yeah, I know dude. you know um I'm, I'm fascinated by a couple of things people that come from the same part of the world that I do and also and are obsessed with comedy and also people that have a music connection I've always been uh sort of a frustrated music wannabe and I think that there's a very strong connection between music and comedy. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and I know that that was part of your childhood because aren't your parents uh, professionals?
0: Both. Well, yeah, retired music teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mom was just, you know, the kindergarten through eighth grade music teacher at a small private school. And my dad uh, taught the local college, like music history one and two but they're uh eggheads for sure. They both have their PhDs in musicology. Oh. As does my sister uh in choral conducting. And so I was like, you know, they didn't have any money. So I was I was like this is <laughs> no, music's not for me. Right. And then I started being like, well, maybe you could be a rock star, and that's mm-hmm. a different deal, but then like I felt like, you know, I could noodle on a lot of instruments and then you'd meet the one kid who could just shred a guitar and you're like, "What? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't got it. I don't got it.
1: Yes. It, uh, it becomes, it becomes clear pretty quickly. I, my theory, and I've mentioned it here a bunch in the podcast is that when you're a kid, you have a checklist and whether you're doing it consciously or unconsciously, you're kind of checking out like athlete. In my case, it was athlete. No. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: You know, uh, Lady Killer. No, mm-hmm. just like a lot of no's, and then make. What's this thing Wait, at the was bottom? Is that
2: a professional? I know what is. What?
4: That's what you wanted to get into? No, just professionally. Like a, no, no, like not a, like professionally.
2: a Jack, oh, okay. like a
4: Jack
1: the Ripper. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, what's your persona? Sort of a Ted Bundy kind of thing. Yeah, sure, oh, sure. You can sure. still do that. Too, yeah. too messy. No, too. You are you from state to state. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. And there's a uh, no um, that more more that. What are your assets? I guess. Is that what I was no, saying? Sure. Like, I guess that's what I'm talking about. What are your assets? And then you I finally <laughs> like remembered, no, 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 no. I seem to be able to make people chuckle.
0: Also, it, it, you hit a certain point where you're like, this is the only way I can figure out how to feed myself. <laughs> you <Right>. know, like, <laughs> math is off the table, sports, yeah. Um, modeling, forget it. But if I can just squeeze a couple chuckles out of somebody and get by. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You tried for a while going on legitimate acting auditions, but it wasn't really till you started making your own stuff.
0: I knew that it just, it was going to hit a wall. So like both Rob and Glenn and myself, we were working uh, the way extraordinarily handsome young men in their their 20s can get some work. Sure. I was Um, there. I did that. Yeah. You know, like, like the guy at the dock being like, yeah, I saw him. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, pretty decent guy, hard hardworking. I think I did notice blood on the finger. You know, like that,
1: like, like that. So how hard. many Law and Orders is that? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: I, that's that is my favorite observation. Is uh, and it's the same thing for Dragnet and Law and Order. Whenever they're questioning someone, it's like, no, nope, no. Nope. Anything else you want to say before we go? Well, there was one yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wore a World War One German helmet. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 yeah. You know? <laughs> You lead with that. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Whatever you make of that, and then you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's. So, so that, you did a couple of like I one did line. A Law things.
0: and Order, and like a couple things here and there. I was always coming close. I was testing for a lot of TV shows to always be, to be the best friend, never to be the guy. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one time I got flown out for a show that was called Weird Henry. And they're like, well, maybe he could be weird, Henry. We, he sure seems weird. And then, uh, you know, I think the studio saw the test and were like, we're going to cancel this show. This is uh, the, the, the whole thing got scrapped after my audition. And then I booked a part on the Luis Guzman sitcom. Mm-hmm. And there were two writers on that staff that I'm like, nah, these guys are really, really funny. There's was uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Oh yeah, know, uh, of course, yeah. So they went on to be pretty successful. And uh, that got canceled after three episodes aired. And it was around then that Robin, Glenn, and I were thinking, you know, why wait? Why sit around and wait for another one of these? And then you don't even necessarily like what you're being given the opportunity to do. Why not just shoot something ourselves? And we were looking at the British office Yep. and uh, how sort of cheap it looked, it it just seemed very handheld and very easy to shoot. And the lighting just seemed like they threw the lights on in an office and filmed it. (laughs) Uh, Curb had just come out around then and it felt the same. The uh, Panasonic DVX-100A camera, not that we were big camera guys, but somebody, Glenn or someone had stumbled upon this camera and it kind of looked like those shows, but it was an an affordable camera. So that combination of of a attainable look with an affordable camera. And we thought, well, we could shoot something. There was no TikTok to just sort of throw it away on. Right. Uh, YouTube, I think had, was just kind of coming onto the scene. We thought, well, let's, let's shoot a pilot. And we made a, a terrible pilot, you know, the <laughs> but there was a thing in it. There was something in the, in the spirit of it that we thought, okay, let's redo it. Cause it cost us nothing. Uh, and we had a lot of spare time and then we said, well, let's shoot it again. We shot a second episode and we sort of handed that to our agents. So we started going around town or or they said, let's hook you up with a big producer. And we waited forever for someone to watch it. Nobody watched it. And while we were waiting, we shot a third episode and that third episode started to get pretty good. We started to find our voice and our timing and get a little bit better how to use the camera. And it was the third episode that Rob had the His lack of patience was amazing and very useful. He was like, I'm going to fire everyone unless we start getting meetings. And they're like, okay, okay, we'll set up some meetings. And uh, he took it around and pitched it. And um, we had an offer from VH1, I think, to (laughs) rewrite it. Or maybe it was MTV, and we had an offer from FX to shoot a pilot with a with a real budget. By a real budget, I mean like one tenth of what a television show is made for. But <laughs> that was a hundred times more than what we were working for. We shot that pilot. They picked it up. They said we'll give you seven episodes, and then we did seven, and then they were like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna cancel the show, but uh, unless you can get a big name attached." And Danny DeVito had seen the show and liked it, and then. Here we are, still that's,
1: going. I, I, that's fascinating to me that, I mean, you hear stories about, you need a big name. Yeah. I always thought like it almost sounds apocryphal, like it's this thing from the 1940s or 50s, yeah. but it's true. Yeah,
0: especially then, maybe less so now, because there's so many different things that you could maybe launch something and, and people, just the buzz of it being a popular show on say Netflix, people might check it out. But then I think to, to break through it all, yeah, if we hadn't gotten Danny, that would have that been it.
1: Now, how many seasons has it been now? This is gonna blow my mind when we, you say it.
0: We just shot the sixteenth. That's season. unbelievable
1: to yeah. me. And I think you've broken the record or tied the record for longest running yeah, we, multi-cam sitcom or something like that.
0: We passed Ozzie and Harriet last year for the longest. And they did about a thousand episodes. Oh my you know, God. We, oh my God. we've done so many less. You know, we now we're only doing eight a year. Um, but uh Uh, you know, I think back then they were like, all right, get to work and you're going to do 50 of these, you know? And, uh, (laughs) but now, you know, so yes, we're the longest running. We haven't done the most episodes and then cartoons like the Simpsons has been around forever.
1: I'm going to tell me about it. I left the Simpsons in 1993 and I remember thinking, well, this old horse has just about had it. (laughs) So I'll just go do a late night show now. Were you at all (laughs) thinking
2: like, They'll never survive without me. <laughs> no,
1: I'm, I'm deluded, but not that deluded. No, I knew that they sur- survived very well, uh, that they would survive very well without me and, and probably be enhanced. Uh, but, I, but yeah, I left and remembered thinking like, well, this thing has now been chugging along for like six, seven seasons and it's an animated show and it's very labor intensive. How could it possibly continue? Yeah. Cut to 30 years later.
0: That's insane. Do you think 30 it's years. time for them to stop? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. no, I don't. I know. Who knows? I know.
1: I don't, oh, no, no, I. <laughs> I only said that because I still am. I'm good friends with many of the people that still make it, so yeah. they know I don't feel that way. And but it just is really funny. If to go, yes, they should stop immediately.
0: Have they had enough episodes for the characters to have aged a year? If, if theoretically, <laughs> well, it's the yeah. beauty of yeah. Anim- of course, they have right. Three hundred sixty-five episodes.
4: Well, yeah, easily they easily have. But I mean, that's the conceit, right? They never. Get Older, that's they just, never get older, and Mr. Burns
1: scene. never remembers who Homer Simpson is. And that's my other favorite Simpson, hey? Yeah, that's uh, and, and, and no one and,
4: knows how old it's like, he well, is. Well,
1: sir, he saved your life, he once was in charge of the moon. Uh, he, you know, he, <laughs> whatever they you transplanted your lungs into his once, uh, he you once adopted him. All these, ah, it doesn't ring a bell, <laughs> which is a great, great conceit. Um, I would
0: imagine we have ever every joke we've done on our show, they've done on uh, five times, on, like every version well, of joke. Well, here's
1: the thing is that, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, I used to think, I used to think about this on late night because we were very determined to like, we want to make sure that we're doing sketches that nobody's ever done before and stuff that's really completely out there that no one's thought of. And we tried really hard to do that. And as time goes on, I think you're not competing against other shows, you're competing against everyone in the world who has an iPhone. Oh yeah. It's it's very 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 difficult to outwit all of humanity
0: yeah no you can't you i mean we are you and i are which is nice um <laughs> no you and i can do it yeah frankly, we can do it frankly, but, but we're, you know
1: we're like two gods on a cloud yeah, yeah. <laughs> drinking out of golden chalices looking down at mortals and we're trying That's to right. imagine what it's like for them yeah yeah
0: we have a bigger platform of course but yeah.
1: uh no but i
0: mean it's got kind of to the point where we can't even ourselves where we're like oh my god we've done that every time we break a story we'll we'll write and we'll be like, oh we did this we we did completely this and we have to scrap it. And
1: You know what's really uh, fun is I love watching people 100% commit. And this is something you do really well and the other cast members. But you commit, when you commit, it's something I believe in religiously, which is you have to go in 110%. When you lose your shit as Charlie Kelly, you go full, full out. And and I think that that's a quality of the show. There's no restraint. When it's time to go, it is complete meltdowns, complete insane meltdowns.
0: Yeah, I don't want to feel as though I've left anything on the table. When you I'm... have
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it all comes up. And honestly,
0: this is going to sound like actor BS, but I go into a like mm. trance, like I dilute myself and I'm, gone and i'll come out of a scene and be like i have no idea what i did i hope it was good yeah and then i'll get in the editing room and be like no it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't but that one was that one was, was yeah. good sometimes i can't do that and i'm hyper aware of the camera guy's here or the 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 boom guy's got a cold he's like <laughs> oh, you know <laughs> you're aware of it. but sometimes you just black out and then and just i don't know just kind of barf out a performance and and it seems like vomit on the screen, and uh, and uh, the audience loves it because they, they say that's real.
1: Um, There's a really weird thing I. You could probably relate to this, but there are a lot of things I can't do if it needs to be serious or sincere. Oh yeah. But if it's in the in the name of comedy, I feel that I might be able. <laughs> there are times where i felt I might be able to break the world record for a mile if I thought it would make an audience full of people laugh. <less.
3: laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Of you, course.
1: There are things you can do, and obviously that is not the case, but there are times where we did a a, a tour in 2010, and you were probably there for this, Sona, but yeah. we were in some venue and it was going really well, and I was in the crowd, and then I got up on the ledge. Yes. And there's like a 30-foot drop into the audience. Oh, I remember. And I'm like on the ledge and like, doing shtick to make the crowd laugh. Mm -hmm. Andy rightly was furious. And he was just like, "What the what the fuck was
2: that?" You're like the Tom Cruise of comedy. (laughs) You're gonna die that way. Okay,
1: but yeah, but but it's what I'm saying is I I acknowledge I'm you know I I don't want it to be a uh, a humble brag or a flex because I'm often afterwards realizing oh this is the sign of something that needs work (laughs) (laughs) Like, like seriously like this is this is I'm a smart person and I have a wife and kids and I love my family and relatives <laughs> and I know better than to do that. Why did I do that? <laughs> it's because I knew that the crowd is this happy, hand high up, but if I can I could notch it up a little higher mm. if I stood up on the ledge. Wouldn't that be cool? If you're Tom Cruise and
0: you entertain people by doing death defying stunts, then potentially it's the same kind of thing where you just that's how you communicate with people and you are doing it over and over again. I think yeah. For you and I, it's easier with comedy. Because that was probably a safe place for you as a kid growing up. Oh yeah, uh,
1: you know if you... Uh, I couldn't do anything Tom Cruise does, <laughs> yeah. include run convincingly. <laughs> you know, like that's the other thing oh, too. I'd is like to see it though. No, I'd you know what I, I you know what I would love to do. I would love to do. Uh, this just reminds me of something I've really been itching to do, and I'm just going to say it right now. But um, w- we've been shooting something uh, for HBO Max where I travel around and hook, uh, meet up with fans kind of a travel show idea. And we were going to be, we shot one in Norway already and we knew that there was a possibility that Tom Cruise would be in like the same area that we were in. And I've I've worked with him before and he was really great. He's very funny, uh, played it perfectly. He was a joy to work with. But the idea is I want to shoot a segment where he teaches me how to run the way he runs <laughs> uh-huh. in a movie because apparently there's a whole technique to it. Because yeah, if it's you, very
0: back straight, arms are pointy. And, yes. And, yeah. and if you <laughs> don't,
1: if you don't do it yeah. exactly right, you look like a fool. And what I've always thought is, I'd really like really good cameras, like him to run. And then I would like to run the way I run and not trying to be funny, mm. just run the way a six foot four, not very athletic. Mm man my age runs (laughs) and run, but with the real cameras and stuff, and then put the music to it. And I think it would be one of the funniest things I said, I'm think I, you
0: know, just thinking about it. Go get that bear and just set the bear loose and and you will run very convincingly. I will run very convincingly. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's funny hard. the bear everyone was like the you know was what if the bear had uh, had you know bitten me or something when I I forgot it was my hand or my head or whatever but I shoved something in the bear's mouth and I think the bear just recoiled at my neediness. Oh, <laughs> no. And I saw the bear backstage talking to other bears like it just comes from a bad place. (laughs)
2: The needy ones do not taste good. (coughs) You can tell he's a middle child.
1: Uh, Full of cortisol and it just uh,
0: makes the muscles all sinewy.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, when someone's really needy, and yeah. makes the meat taste better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, it makes no, the meat worse, bad. Worse, it makes me yeah. bad. Good fat, good, fat and happy is how you
0: want them. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why the bears are smoking in my. <laughs> but the needy, of course ones, they it's are. Just, uh...
1: Of course they are. it's Like a sour grape. Was <laughs> it? What was it like for you to go from you're making this very handheld like? it's a mon pa shop and you're making your comedy and then you get, you get into something like Pacific Rim, oh, which yeah. is one of those movies where I can't even imagine, because I can relate to you uh, in the world of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. And then when I think about, and and even playing a comedic role in a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a movie, but when I think about you in something like when that first Pacific Rim came out oh, and you realize, yeah. Oh my God, it's such a good movie. And, you realize that you're part of an apparatus that mm. is so massive, and you are—it's the complete other end of the spectrum. Yeah, from the kind of work that you were doing, and I, you did it really well. You oh, were great. thank
0: you. Well, I think um, I was lucky that I got to have that transition working with Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as massive as that movie was, he has a way of working that makes it feel you know super personal and right. specific i had some green screen work but most of the things that i was doing he had built some kind of practical prop that was like animatronic that i was you know reacting to so it wasn't quite like getting stuck into like the star wars remakes where you know it was just all green screen and right
1: the, right you're always acting to a green sock or a green tennis ball yeah
0: and Guillermo had a very, very specific way of working. I was a huge fan, so I just wanted to do a good job for him. And I still admire him so much and uh, look up to him a lot. But, uh, you know, in the beginning of the film, he was saying, he's like, I want you to do what I, I never do this. I want you to be loose and uh, out of control and wild and messy. Uh, and by the end of the filming, he was like, on uh, take one, your hand was here. On take two, it was here. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just, I mean, I really enjoyed getting to work within his parameters. You sure. Know? Yeah. Uh, every now and then, he I'd be doing a take and he wouldn't be liking what I was doing. He'd be telling me what to do. And I'd be thinking, oh boy, i not giving him what he wants. And then that, I would throw it away and just do whatever I wanted and be like, yes, like that. You know, which is always sort of the case that you have to make it your own but um it was eye opening just uh the way he used the camera and i'm a big movie nerd mm-hmm. so i was just geeking out on on his techniques he he was saying he was like i like to scratch the lens for the CGI shot. I'm like, scratch the lens. He's like, I want you to see, I don't know, maybe it's wrong to do an impersonation of him every time. I, no, that's okay. But he was saying, I I want you to see something imperfect before you see the perfection of yes. CGI. The yes. way his mind was working, uh, I was just eating it all up and then I would go back to Sonny uh, and we'd be shooting, I remember we did a uh, episode where we're in a police station and it's a flashback and we're talking about this wedding massacre that happened where people were high on bath salts and uh-huh. I was saying, okay, when we shoot it, you know, we'll, we'll do the coverage uh, that Richie Keane, great director, had sort of um, blocked out. But I said, hey, Richie, after we get that, can we do a few Guillermo takes and just circle the camera around the actors and just started using more, as I would call them, Guillermo takes throughout the show and um, it, just getting more and more inspired to do more filming and make more things. And- the
1: only uh, the thing that would be dangerous there is I know that <clears throat> in a comedy environment, you can take shit for that. Like, you oh, just yeah. came back from your Guillermo del Toro <laughs> blockbuster and you're back with your friends and you're like, you know what we did on Pacific Rim? <laughs> you know, and then suddenly you're right back in Rhode Island. Yeah, eh, right, Kevin. Right. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Movie star. yeah. I think it's <laughs> like
2: Kaiju. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I think Rob and Glenn, our relationship is not like that. So, Good. Uh, Good. you know, pretty much best idea wins and a pretty open environment for let's try all sorts of things. So... Yeah. everyone was was game for it.
1: Yeah, because I I got to see your movie Fool's Paradise and I know it's coming out in... May 12th. May 12th, okay.
0: Only in theaters.
1: Only in theaters, as it should be. Mm -hmm. It's time. It's time for America to join again. Finally. In the cathedral that is a theater. Um, better than a real cathedral. Because we're going have that God yeah. talk. Or, or we could, yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Or,
1: <laughs> we could do some
0: God talk before the movie, if, if you'd like. If you like, of yeah, course, yeah, it's yeah. all
1: up to what you want to do.
0: Praise the Lord,
1: Yeah. have some popcorn. Have some popcorn, <laughs> get your feet off the seat, turn off your fucking phone. Um, but I saw your movie, Fool's Paradise, and I, it, I really loved it. I really love your film oh, and I love you in it. And I, you wrote this movie and you directed it. It's very sweet. You guys haven't seen it yet because I just got this advanced uh, copy that I watched, but it is very much uh, evocative to me of Chaplin Buster Keaton. It's It's got a real sweetness to it. Your character is, you're doing that same thing Chaplin did uh, out of necessity and then Harpo Marx did, which is you're not saying a word and you're very expressive and you really are playing this person who is picked up by the Hollywood machine and um you're at the very center of it and you're very passive it's it's a little bit like being there
0: and being there i think was my initial okay could i make a movie like being there no one's going to do that anymore i guess i'll just do it myself and um and then when i realized it's not totally working i said okay can i combine it with broadway danny rose where i have this sort of sad sack guy uh and that only in then was I able to sort of land the plane.
1: Your character is so content in his own, I, I will say one thing, he's so content in his own space that at one point he's at a Hollywood party and he doesn't say anything. He's very much a you know, chaplain-esque kind of character and he, fall, he, get, he falls into the pool accidentally and can't swim and he sinks to the bottom and his hat just settles on his head. <laughs> and he's just sitting at the bottom of the pool, making no effort to, and I thought, this is such a great example of how little this character wants oh. Or needs <laughs> and how passive he is. And yeah. you're just sitting there when another yeah. character comes in and, 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 and saves you. But had that character not come in, you would have stayed that there The movie would have
3: ended there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> which could have been an interesting film, just too short. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Did an extremely passive character. And then, you know, there's some justification, which is that he's you know, we meet him in a mental institution, mm-hmm. and the the idea is that he suffered some sort of trauma, and we don't know what. Right. And he has almost like the mind of a child. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's another doctor there who says, well, you know, if we give him enough sort of exposure therapy, um, and maybe if he has a meaningful connection with another person, he can sort of break free from this uh, sort of regressive psychosis that mm-hmm. he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's gonna be a lot of work, and it's gonna be a lot of effort, a lot of time. And the other doctor says, okay, well, what's our first course of action? And the guy says, well, the state's not going to pay for any of that, so we're going to put his ass in the first bus downtown. <laughs> and then, uh, which they, they do. Which they
1: do, and then the movie begins. And it's funny, too, because you're, you're, you're parodying Hollywood, and, and the Hollywood you're making fun of, they're making pictures. And they're yeah. making them almost the way they did in the 30s. But it takes place in current times.
0: Yeah, sort of a heightened thing. There, yes, it's I, really fun. Where I thought, okay, I could just set it now. But in some ways, now is not enough to satirize Hollywood. Can I make it almost feel as though it's satirizing Hollywood through the ages? Yeah.
1: Um, There's also a great part where your character is invited on a talk show. and uh, And it's you've made a generic talk show. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, I'm watching it as me. And I- I'm watching these two uh, idiots laughing uh, like hyenas that bring you out and just find everything <laughs> funny. And there's part of me that thought, yeah, that's kind of-
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's done with love, it's that with love.
1: No, no, but it's, it, it's also, it's just, uh, it's- It's uh, it's parodying every type of show like that. So it's not specific, but it was really um, that part was really making me howl because it's so over the top.
0: It's a good performance by uh, Jimmy Simpson. uh, Really far. Yeah. Yeah. I think initially I wanted to see if I could go on a few talk shows and, and shoot it like that. And then ultimately I felt as though stylistically it would take you out and then it would take you out of the movie to have like a real world. A uh, person going back and forth between these fictional characters. So. Right. Also,
1: I mean, a lot of movies do that, where the character, you know, I taped a number in my day, and, and you see it all the time. And I always thought it was something I never loved doing, which was when the character in the sh- in the movie
3: mm-hmm. has
1: a briefly stops off at a talk show, and mm-hmm. I'm there saying, "So you mean to say that you think there could be life on another planet? And, <laughs> you know." <laughs> And then it shows up in the movie theater and it just always felt a little lame. Whereas creating a fake talk show, I thought was much funnier.
0: Oh, thank you. It's trickier to make a talk show than you would think because there's-
1: No idea. Yeah, there's- (laughs) 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 <laughs> I mean to make a fake one. i make a fake one, yeah.
0: Because yeah. the sets are big and the audience is big, and I didn't have the time or the budget to do that. So it's actually only a curtain and uh, and then the stage itself. Right. There is no audience there. The spoiler alert.
2: <laughs> Cut that.
0: Cut that. <laughs> it's Don't called a laugh the track. Yeah. 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 Um, and a laugh track. Yeah. That's right.
1: Well, I I, uh, I I'm a huge fan, and I I love your. Approach, which is uh, you're trying to make people laugh. It's interesting when you take it back to its core, you know, have some people say, like, well, what are you? Are you a satirist? Are you a humorist? And I think if you really take it down to the core, I think I might be a clown. (laughs) And that might just be the simplest way to put it. And then you can dress it up. And if someone at the New York Times likes you, they call you something else. It sounds (laughs) a little fancier, but at the core, I'm still, it's the same impulse that I was using on a playground in Brookline, Mass in 1974. Do you ever feel
0: challenged by it as if, um, I, I often think, okay, am I going, am I making too many jokes. Are there too many jokes within this movie? Do I have to be more serious? Do I, I mean, there are heartfelt moments in the movie, but I also undercut it (laughs) frequently.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's really well paced. That was my feeling is that it's really well paced. And yeah, I think, um, yes, there are times where I look at stuff I've done and we're in edit and I'm just like, shut up. (laughs) I mean, I'm saying it to myself. I'm like, shut up. Right. There's too much. Too many jokes. Too many jokes. And you're, you know, let's just... And and really, sometimes the best things happen during quiet moments, which took me uh, a while to realize. Uh, unfortunately, I realized it, I think fairly early on, but in, that, that sometimes saying very little and letting someone else talk and just reacting to them naturally is much funnier than anything I'm gonna come up with. I and did so, a whole movie of that. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. well, exactly, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I find like when I'm writing something, you know, I, I wrote a, another movie, in the time that I was sort of in the edit room on this and was passing it to some friends and they were saying, you know, like, um, you should make it less funny. (laughs) And, uh, you know, because they liked the story and they said, you could get more serious. And I know that's the right direction and I'll sit with it and I'll do it. But my first instinct always is just don't people want to sit in a theater and just laugh and Mm -hmm. laugh and laugh and laugh. But sometimes to get them to laugh, you have to pull a few jokes out so that the laughs land.
1: Right. No, it's true. I, I think that's true. What I don't want to do is make people think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't? I really don't. I don't either because
0: I don't know. You know how maybe, to think. I've heard yeah. that
1: before. People are like you know. Not only did he make you laugh, he made you think. What and I go, yeah, lose that second part. <laughs> yeah, lose that part. I want I want people to be dumber after they've seen my work. <laughs> <laughs> I want yeah, them to yeah. Know less. I think I
0: do too. I yeah. think I do too.
1: Um, well, this is an absolute joy, Charlie. As I said, uh, coming, you know, just I'm looking forward to talking to you. And it's been a little while, and I love that you're doing this work. I mean, uh, Fool's Paradise is coming out. May 12th. May 12th. And uh, also, uh, you're in the biggest movie in the world. True. Right now. True. Uh, It just made it make it made 8 billion dollars
2: it made 8 and, billion of those little coins that Mario hits oh yeah <laughs>
0: yeah yeah just bashed into 8 billion bricks yeah. <laughs> their hands are just bloody and, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh yeah the super mario brothers movie uh that is uh congratulations
0: thanks that's uh, crazy it's been a crazy ride just um
1: as long as you have a piece of the merchandising, you should be fine. Uh, bad news, pal.
0: <laughs> I got some bad news for you. Yeah, yeah. They paid me with uh, with video game coins. Yeah, yeah. So. But they make such a fun sound they, when they yeah, rain down. That's how they got me. Yeah. That's how they got me.
1: Uh, well, Charlie, continued success, as if uh, as if you needed it, but uh, you will have it. And uh, you deserve it. So thank you for being here.
0: Well, thank you. I'm really, it means the world to me that you like the movie because I do feel like you're my target audience, which is to say like, oh, okay. I'm like, uh, uh, I, I want like a Conan O'Brien to like this because if, if, the, if the top of the comedy guys like it, then I'm in, then it's up to uh, the standard that I hope it would be up that to. That is
1: really nice So of you I, to say.
0: Back at you. So thank you.
1: All right. Good night. <laughs> All I right, just, see
0: it. I never say good night. Good
2: night, Costner. Good night,
0: I yeah. spotted
1: you, Costner. I see you,
0: pumpkin. I gas. see you.
2: Let's get back into the voicemails. Time to listen to what the fans are thinking. Yeah, hit me. Hi, Conan, Sona, and Matt. This is Brian Perman from New York. I'm sitting here, minding my own business. Doing some work and listening to your podcast, actually, when I get a text from my wife who tells me that she just walked by Conan O'Brien on the streets of New York City on the Upper West Side. She smiled at you and you said, hey, first of all, amazing coincidence. But second of all, do I need to be worried? Please let me know. Oh. Worried?
1: I remember this encounter very well. And yes, Brian, you do need to be worried. (sighs) You devil. Because I had an immediate connection. Really? With this woman. Yeah.
4: Mm, Nice.
1: And uh, things are moving quickly. That's all what, I'll what say. What about your wife? What about my wife? Hey. You know, Is what it, about, hey, I'm not dead. <laughs> uh,
4: Is that what you say when you're like spitting game? You're like, hey.
1: I go like, hey. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. A lot of times I tap women on the shoulder and they turn around <laughs> and I go, hey, that doesn't go over well. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I'm wearing a Halloween mask. None of it goes.
4: <laughs> of oh. your face? No, it's Nixon. It's
1: always Nixon. Um, and I go, hey there. Yeah. I'm Nixon. <laughs> uh No, I don't. I do. I'm, I think I'm a genial. Well, you've been with me a lot. I'm yeah. very genial to people on the street. And if someone recognizes me and smiles or something, I'll go, hi. You know, hey. You're uh, very,
4: you're really but nice. But I, I, uh,
1: I hope that this woman in question didn't feel in any way that I was uh, stepping over the line. I don't think I was. I would have mentioned that. Think, Maybe she
2: was reciprocating and is kind of thinking of you and dreaming of you, you know? Well, I don't think so. Why?
1: Just going off of past experience. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No, I would say uh, I like chatting with people and I like talking to people and so I'm the complete opposite of someone who might be recognizable who would feel like there's time and space was being invaded. I'm the exact yeah. opposite of that person. You are.
4: And you walk everywhere when you're in New York. Mm-hmm. So, you're, and you're... I don't know. You're very recognizable, mm-hmm. and it's in New York. It's like you—you you really. I feel like a walk that would take n- anybody else five minutes takes you like an hour. Why? Because you're saying hi to everyone. I do say chilling, hi to a lot of people, and you're taking pictures. anybody who asks anybody who asks to take a picture with you, you will take a picture. So if you see Conan, ask him to take a picture. <laughs> <I'm sorry.
1: laughs> oh, I had someone ask me recently. <laughs> they said uh, they had just met me, and we were chatting for a second. And they said. Uh, how come you're so like kind of you know you seem kind of humble and down to earth? And I said a lot of self hate, oh. and the person that's what I said. I said, oh, I think a lot of self hate, and the person went, I get that. Oh <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> no, no, no! I'm I'm kind of kidding, kind of kidding. What? No, no, I, but anyway, um, that's nice. I I uh, I was walking in New York City with Mister Adam uh, Adam Sachs, remember? And we were walking together and you saw a post on like dumois seconds afterwards you want to lean in and tell this we were walking together we were in uh, new york city doing some had some meeting or something and then we're walking up uh, right past rockefeller center yeah and then uh someone someone texted me a like an instagram post from dumois that was like a picture of me and you together and it was like conan and his intern walking through new york city <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> intern yeah, yeah, I loved yeah.
1: It. Conan with his thirteen-year-old nephew. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. You Showing go, him New go York Go get City. us some cokes. <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you want. Go get us some Wendy's.
1: Uh, yeah, that is a funny thing. Now is is um, people can kind of just keep tabs on you because there are all these websites that say, yeah, you know, I just saw whatever Conan or whoever eating a Cobb salad. It doesn't even have to be interesting. It's just eating a Cobb salad. I know. And uh, you think, okay, this is going to make it very difficult for me. To murder,
2: uh, because oh. there's going to be a trail. Do you already have a victim in mind? Yes, I do. Is it in this room? This victim can't say, oh. cannot say. Okay, but anyway,
1: sleep tight tonight,
4: <laughs> <the murder. laughs> Sleep very
1: well. Um,
4: I think it's just going to be
1: hard oh, in and, general uh, for you to fix that murder. second floor window in the kitchen.
2: <gasps> oh my God! First, yeah. we got to get a second story.
1: <laughs> Damn it! I had the wrong house. <laughs> <laughs> I've been menacing the wrong people. <laughs> Uh, but yes, I, um, well, O'Brien, um, I, uh, you do not need to worry and I think I am no threat. Okay. So, uh, but, uh, my best to you and your, does anyone say, did he mention her name? No. No. Well, I'll just have to say lady. Yeah. Mm. Your lady. Mm. Uh. You just lost her. (laughs) She's gone. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I hope we cleared that up.
2: We did. Good job, everybody.
1: Good job, and uh, Brian, my best to you, and your lady.
2: <laughs> you got her back. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Ovsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. A Team Cocoa production in association with Earwolf.